This is not a military takeover. Stand by for action. Anything can happen in the next hour. Sit yourself down, strap yourself in, as you're going to be listening to Armitage on the Paranoid Squirrel Rock Show, where over the course of the next hour, you'll be exposed to music that you should hear on the radio, but don't. Evening, my fellow Acreona. Uh, I know I talk a load of bollocks at times, but last week I unintentionally took the biscuit. Yeah, and promptly ate it. As after I recorded last week's show, the hospital phoned me to cancel my operation, rearranging it for today, which went down like a shit sandwich. As no posh restaurant for Valentine's Day for Mrs. A and myself. All right, just a restaurant. Yeah, okay, a cafe at the end of our road. On the plus side, at least I would have had a legitimate reason for missing the Godfathers and the hit priests at Dingwall's this evening. And in a case of every cloud and all that, it meant that I could see, and I did, the hit priests supporting the super suckers at the 100 Club last Sunday. Then on Monday, hospital phones again to postpone said procedure as I had an infection and the results of the test to see if I was clear... We'll be bang time. So, meal for two it was at, that was nowhere near in W1. Uh, you may recall, it was a bit blowy last Sunday, making travelling near and narrow a tad difficult, let alone far and wide. Uh, my only problem was discovering a flat tyre, meaning I had to borrow my daughter's car to get up to the aforementioned Super Suckers gig at the 100 Club. For them, who were travelling from Amsterdam, the problem was a little bit more extreme, uh, with them getting there only in time for a quick line check. The hip priests had a slightly better journey, with them all primed and ready for some full-on action rock, with vocalist Von Cruz entering the stage from the front through the audience to join the rest of the dipshits for Vodka Coma Casanova from 2014's Black Denim Blitz album. Uh, for gig-going stalwarts Ray and Carol, this is the first time that they had seen the band, with Carol remarking that Von Cruz looked like he was wading through treacle, and she's not wrong. Uh, it has not been that long since I saw the band last. Uh, 23rd of December? No, 23rd of November, at the Black Heart, to be precise, just before my birthday. But uh, Austin Rocket seemed even more Tasmanian Devil than usual, with bassist Lee Love anchoring it, as usual, all together. Uh, their 30-minute set was paint-strippingly blistering, as is the norm. But what uh, keeps the hit priest fresh as a sailor's jockstrap is that, uh, even though the band's last album, Stanford, I think, was released about a year ago, they are always slipping out non-album tracks, singles between full-length releases, and playing them live, the latest of which is Drink To My Demons. These devils ain't leaving Better drink to my demons these devils ain't leaving. I better drink to my demons. These devils ain't leaving. I better drink to my demons. These devils ain't leaving. I better drink to my demons. These devils ain't leaving. Better drink to my demons. These devils ain't leaving. Better drink to my demons. Dominic, get a few more blunts. Hey, I never want that, but I'll talk. True, I want to man, don't even think. Get a bit of money, take another drink. Buy some drugs. Fucking lips. So I'm to find them. Sometimes I like it. These devils ain't leaving. Better to my demons. These devils ain't leaving. Better to my demons. 
Super Suckers build themselves as the greatest rock and roll band in the world, which is uh, something very hard to live up to, admittedly. It was probably said with tongue firmly in their collective cheeks. However, due to the aforementioned weather, the first song that they played live was basically their sound check. It was so bad that I had no idea what it was. Not even Setlist FM could help me out the following day. Fortunately, after Eddie took a few minutes to request what was needed on and off stage, things improved dramatically and the band really began to rock. It had been nearly 32 years since the Black Super Suckers became a thing in Tucson, Arizona, uh, with only Eddie Spaghetti being the constant member. At that time, he wasn't even the vocalist. And uh, with his stage 3 throat cancer being diagnosed in 2015, for a time, it looked like not only was his voice going to be robbed, but his life as well. Fortunately, four years later, Eddie seems to be in rude health, with the band just releasing the play of that rock and roll album. And the 100 Club, they certainly did. Cuts from the new album. Well, obviously Ed, along with the classics, but with the merch table selling Play That Rock and Roll at, allegedly, 20 quid, I don't think many were sold. As I've mentioned, but it seems to be openly talked about by those who have bought it, that a few of the songs on the new record sound a bit too close to other songs by other artists. Part of me thinks uh, this has been done deliberately by the band as uh, it's too obvious not to be. When they played You Ain't the Boss of Me and That's a Thing, I wanted to sing the lyrics to Can the Can and Tiger Feet. Yeah, but I didn't have the guts. Guitarist Marty took over vocal duties for a sterling version of Michael Munro's Dead Jail and Rock and Roll. And no Super Sucker set could be completed without Pretty Fucked Up. She's got a man on the side. Yeah, she's with him today. Man, I probably won't die. But it sure feels that way. And I used to be strong I used to be tough And she used to be pretty But now she's just pretty fucked up Aw, oh, pretty fucked up Yeah, pretty fucked up now Aw, oh, she used to be pretty But now she's just pretty fucked up Now I know people change Sometimes that's good But some people don't When maybe they should But right now that don't help me I might just throw up Cause it sure does feel shitty When things just get pretty fucked up Oh, pretty fucked up Pretty fucked up now Thought she used to be pretty But now she's just pretty fucked up I made her feel this way And I begged her forgiveness Yeah, I begged her to stay And she said that she loved me It made me feel good Yeah, it made me feel giddy But now I feel pretty fucked up I'm oh, pretty fucked up Yeah, pretty fucked up now Oh, she used to be pretty But now she's 
guess I should have featured something off the new album because now I'm like Planet Rock, playing a classic song instead of something new. I'll get over it. Oh, look, I did. I was planning this week, as originally I was going to pre-record today's shows, I didn't know how long I was going to be convalescing, by regaling my musical life story, you know, songs and bands that moulded the young Armitage, turning me into the lithe Adonis that sits before you. Good job this is radio, right? Uh, Well, I ran out of time. Um, Anyway, I might as well stick loosely to that plan, as it seems like a good idea. Uh, The first band that I got into uh, was in the news last week for all the wrong reasons by doing an Aerosmith. Of course, I'm talking about Slade, who parted company with original drummer and founding member Don Powell by email, depending on who's telling the story. First album that I owned was, as I've mentioned countless times before, Slade by Slade. But the first song I remember hearing on the radio uh, was Goodbye to Jane which led to the often-repeated playground joke of what did Tarzan say when he fell off the rope? Look, I was only six going on seven. We had no idea it was called a vine. What did Tarzan say when he fell off the rope? Goodbye to Jane. Goodbye to Jane. Replacing the original of... (laughs) Children's playground humour. Unbeatable. In reverse order, the uh, next band that uh, really did it for me were the Beatles after seeing A Hard Day's Night on the uh, BBC 
as part of their best of British season in 1977. I wanted that adulation. I craved that attention, of course. Yeah, I never received either. The first Beatles album that I bought was uh, Please Please Me on cassette. This is when it came to my attention that there were different versions of the same release. As I mentioned a few weeks ago, the cassette had a different running order to that of the record. And let's not get into the subtle and not-so-subtle differences between mono and stereo. But what really got me sitting upright was Love Me Do. According to a friendly seller at the Wallington Record Fair I was attending, the original 7-inch version, the one with the red parlophone label, had Ringo playing drums, whilst the album and subsequent 7-inches had some guy called Adam White doing the honours, while Mr Starkey was reduced to tambourine. I genuinely thought the bloke was winding me up. Turns out he was right. Pete Best must have been justifiably livid. Uh, thanks to the anthology albums, a third version was discovered, the one that uh, Pete actually played on, and even though the Beatles at that point uh, had been playing multiple drawn-out sets in Hamburg and then regular cavern slots, it is very shaky, almost like they're afraid to show what they could do. I would imagine, no pun intended, the whole recording process back then was very regimental and intimidating. <laughs> found out this week that the album version of Vanilla Radio by the Wild Hearts is a totally different recording to that of the 7-inch. I believe even Danny actually played on the single. Uh, I did think a few weeks ago when I played said track on episode 721 that the Rimshot drum bits were not as how I remembered them as they were played on distorted phase toms. I just put it down to uh, misinterpreted memory, you know, confusing live with studio and maybe Rich uh, played it differently to Stiddy. But no, two completely different recordings. You live and in you indeed learn. Now, the next band to really do a seismic number on me were The Damned. 1979 and 1980 were my tipping point, where I went full pelt into record collecting. Up until then, I've been happy buying chart singles. And let's not forget, the charts were a lot better then than they are now. Uh, and making sure I had all the Beatles albums in mono. Uh, I tell you, you could pick them up fairly cheaply from Beano's in Surrey Street Market, as uh, it still was all about stereo. It wasn't until the end of 1980, after Lennon was killed, that silly money came into play for anything Fab Four related. Uh, in 1979, 1980, you had uh, New Wave 
which was basically power pop and punk and uh, the new wave of british heavy metal i was like a kid in a sweatshop machine gun etiquette the black album iron maiden overkill bomber ace of spades blizzard of oz and end of the century were all released purchased and digested in what seemed like a matter of months last week i talked about the lack of official demo releases by the damned sadly rat shared online the original demo to grimly fiendish as willie blaze elgar who played trumpet solo on said demo was killed in somewhat horrific circumstances. Uh, he appeared with the band on the old Grey Whistle Test, and uh, the band kept most of the, his solo for the finished Phantasmagoria and Seven Inch releases. Once a week I could be 
just me or did you sense a Sid Barrett thing going on that was absent from the finished article? Uh, Talking of demos, I also mentioned last week that I was hotly anticipating the demos for Duncan Reed and the Big Ed's fourth album that subsequently has been named as Don't Blame Yourself with an album launch gig at the Black Heart on the 14th of May. I so hope the demo CD is named something like Don't Blame Us. Anyway, from the band's last album, that'll be Bombs Away, this is the progtastic, the shortest song in the world. That actually isn't. One, two, three, four. No. That belongs to a Napalm Death and You Suffer. <laughs> Told you. Right, back onto new music as my musical odyssey can wait until the show where I really am convalescing. Uh, out today on the very excellent combined forces of Fandango, Ghost Highway and Kick Out the Jam records is the equally excellent new 7-inch from Go Mod Go that comprises of two covers, Duke's Jetty, originally written and performed by the Pinkertons, and Zoo Boosie Zoo, popularised by Gillian Hills. For those of you who need bringing up to speed on who features in Go Mod Go, I shall tell you, Tom Barrack, drums, Pete Ossall, bass, Dominic Elliott, guitar, Wesley Kilgore, keyboards, El Gonzalez, baritone sax, Jeff Gray, tenor sax and flute, Rick Gordon, trumpet, Joe Jackson, trombone, Jake Starr, backing throat and maracas, and last, but no means least, on lead vocals, Jamie Kathleen Boyd. just played a cover, I might as well continue in the same vein with... 
Yeah, I really must sort out an ID for Covers Corner. Up second are the Venomous Pinks and their take on Joan Jett's I Want You. Now, the track has been out for about a month, but I have RPM online. It's a revolution for pointing me in their direction. Like the Super Suckers, the Venomous Pinks hail from Arizona, but instead of Tucson, their hometown is Mesa. And uh, I've got to say this, but how I could have missed a band who have recorded a song called Pizza Slice is beyond me. But at the moment, we are talking covers. Normally, uh, I like my covers to sound removed from the original, but uh, the Venomous Pink's pretty much now I Want You, which also happens to be the title of their up-and-coming new album. But in this instance, I don't mind. I don't know why. Maybe it's because it's uh, good that a young band has sought out an unobvious Joan Jett tune, hopefully reverse-engineering their fans. I mean, the damn did the same thing with me, with the Stooges and the MC5. Fashion have a new single out on Yeah Right Records. It's also the home to the Black Halos. I understand that the Halos gigs last Friday and Saturday were outstanding. Anyway, the 7-inch that's due to hit the real and virtual record shops in April is Got the Heebie-Jeebies at CBGB's, backed with Reg Dwight's Benny and the Jets, which obviously I'm going to focus on. Like the Venomous Pinks, Smash Fashion pretty much follow the original but it's not a straight facsimile. It has been smashed up. But it suits them in the same way as uh, Does Your Mother Know did. So, without further ado...
Back to new music, although saying that, Beat City Tube Works encompassed the best bits from the helicopters and Glucifer. Well, they are Scandinavian. Uh, Swedish, to be precise. So what do you expect? Mind you, the helicopters alternated between, well, was it the Stooges, Rolling Stones and Sonic's Rendezvous Band? As John Peel once said, look to the past for the future. Beat City Tube Works' new album, Top Rock, is out on Sign Records next Friday. That's 21st of February. Future streaming and non-rock radio UK listeners. I did think uh, that I played a track by them on episode 670 that edged over a year ago. Turns out I didn't, even though I'm still convinced I did. Uh, not even something from their last album, uh, 2016's I Cannot Believe It's The Incredible... Dot, 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 uh, that was still 11 months away from being reissued on the aforementioned Sign Records. Although looking at the artwork for the original cover, it might have been. Anyway, two tracks from Top Rock have already made it onto the interwebs in the shape and form of Succubus and Fading to Grey. But it's track six, Archaic Approach, that I have selected for your consideration. something from Doogeman and the Exploders new album Electric Boogaloo on episode 719 that was uh, out of my mind I said that on the strength of said album I would be plundering their back catalogue which I thought was going to be harder than I first 
anticipated as Discogs only listed Electric Boogaloo. Fortunately, the band has their own Bandcamp site with their debut album, Swedish News Hitmakers, ready to be purchased along with a host of EPs and singles. Uh, going back to music that has defined me in a roundabout kind of way, as a kid, and indeed a young adult, uh, I loved Spider-Man. Now, here in the UK, we had the Amazing Spider-Man as a weekly comic in the 70s. Uh, it was the same as the US monthly version, but the format and physical size was different as it was split into four, along with Iron Man and Thor, that had the same treatment. Uh, as a kid, the cartoon television series was required viewing. And as for the theme song, I mean, even the Ramones covered it. The fifth song on Electric Boogaloo is Spider-Man. Not a cover, as that would have featured in Cover's Corner, but an original that sounds remarkably like this. not an earworm. Uh, the Trash Bags, who hail from New York City, self-titled debut album came out, I think, uh, in October of last year. Obviously, it took a while for the Billy Joe Armstrong produced album to arrive on my doormat, where I discovered that it is as ravenous as it is uncompromising. It is old school garage rock and roll. It's got goth guitar riffs along with punk rock tendencies all wrapped up in black PVC. This is Crimes. Crimes. 
get a bit closer to home and Ramsey Savages, who are no strangers to the Paranoid Grill, who have just released Rock and Roll Dies With Us, I do hope not, onto a suspecting audience. Uh, to date, the band have only released, uh, over the course of just under three years, a demo, a single and a live EP. So it's great to find out that a full-length album is allegedly soon to be in the offing. Hopefully, Randy Savages will be airing it and other as-yet unreleased gems when they support Jana Stark at the now-rearranged venue of the Latin Groove that used to be Bar Monster in the heart of Camden on the 21st of March. Friend of the show and squirrel associate Arkwright popped round brandishing the new album by Panda Moan E. Um, who I heard of, but nothing by. You'll like this, he said with fingers crossed behind his back, taking a paradigm shift off his hands. The first thing I discovered whilst ripping it to iTunes, yeah, it's still a thing on my PC. Uh, I only use it to rip CDs into my library, uh, that it was tagged wrong. It seemed that the band is called Paradigm Shift and the album is Pandemonium. I wonder if there's money in mistag CDs. No, probably not. Anyway, I had a listen to it on the way into work the following day and discovered that they are an instrumental band. Admittedly, there are some studio chatter at the end of the record, but apart from that, uh, it's just music. Now the P word comes into play, hence Arkwright's crossed fingers. Now the prog I don't like is self and 
indulgent twaddle. And whilst pandemonium certainly know their way round their respective instruments, there won't be any stabbing of keyboards anytime soon. On their Facebook page, it says that the band aren't background music. Live, this is probably the case, as those who have just seen them tonight at the Kimbo Fest in Rochester will probably testify too. But I found Paradigm Shift both haunting and relaxing at the same time. I always wonder how instrumental songs are named. Back in my college days, the band that sacked me had an instrumental called Popeye, so called because the other guitarist kept this riff going and going until I was sure he was going to end up with an arm like Popeye. Me, I was downstroking bar chords all over the shop. Apparently, according to a friend of the show and school associate, Arkwright, all their songs at one time began with a P. This is called Chin Tickler. I'm sure there's a perfectly good story behind it. lot until next week whether it will be pre-recorded because i'll be convalescing who knows who cares yeah me actually uh so until next week take it easy (laughs) 